The Silly Goose Gang Podcast. Okay, and we're back in episode 77 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast, and we're delighted to be joined tonight by Ian Smith from Atlas Gym over in the States. Atlas. So, Ian, thanks very much for joining us this evening and your afternoon your time. Absolutely. My pleasure, guys. It's, um, first of all, uh, fantastic beard. It's a, it's a strong beard game. <laughs> We've had some good beards Thank on you. here, but I think, I think you're number one now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, well, you know... It's um it's interesting to speak to you um because you've became uh, in the eyes of um the mainstream kind of the boogeyman and then to guys like us you're kind of a, a hero um so it's it must be a, a strange life over the last two years yeah I mean that's uh that's a good way of putting it it's it's been full of surprises um a lot of, a lot of ups a lot of downs a lot of good sides a lot of a lot of downsides to it, um, but overall, it's been it's been a very interesting and very good two years, despite everything that was thrown at us. You know, we never, never in a million years did we ever think that, you know, opening our gym to stand up for ourselves and our rights uh, and the rights of the people that we care about, you know, here in, in our little corner of the world, did we ever think that it would turn into something as big as it was and we really didn't know what we were getting into. We just knew that we didn't like what was happening. Um, but very quickly, we learned that we were up against something that was much bigger than just kind of one out of control governor, that it was something that was highly orchestrated and something that was very insidious. Um, so we got a lot of love and that love always overpowers everything else. You know, a um, lot, lot of hatred came our way, but it, it's, it pales in comparison to the amount of um, just genuine support and um, respect and, and love that we have gotten from, from, I mean, we've, we've sent t-shirts to 18 countries around the world, you know, never, never when I opened my gym three, three and a half, almost four years ago, did I ever expect people, um, you know, literally on the other side of the world in Australia and uh, places in the Middle East to be wearing our shirts, uh, let alone anybody outside of the state of New Jersey, you know, so it's, yeah. it's been pretty awesome. That's um, what one thing that I'll definitely do uh, after this is done, Ian. Is I'll 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 go in and grab a T-shirt from your um, from your from your store. Um, you know we're similar. We we're listened to in something like forty six countries. Yeah, it's been crazy. Something like and yeah. that is just fucking insane. Uh, Never. Do you ever do you ever think that you can be as influential or or yeah. or powerful or wh- whatever the term is? Um, until until it happens and then you're like holy crap you know and it's that was something that we said over and over again through all this is you know people would come up to us and and thank us and and say that we were brave and and all this and and in reality you know we're just we we joke around we're just two dumb gym owners who just didn't want to be told what to do um you know and that's (laughs) we're just just two fucking dumb guys we're two guys who don't come from much you know we come from pretty humble beginnings and we live pretty humble lives you know we're not we're not fancy guys. We don't have six, seven gyms when, and, and really nice cars. You know, I drive a 25 year old pickup truck, you know, and I, I live a nice little life that I've built for myself. And, and same thing with my partner, Frank. So when somebody came around and said, shut your business down, you know, like that made us immediately start paying attention because we, we don't have that type of cash and reserve and we, we don't have that ability. Um, nor, nor even if we did, would we, would we want to, you know, because we, we understand the value of the service that we provide to the community around us. 
Um, and, and we opened a gym not to make money um, or more so as a secondary thing, but because this is what we love to do. We love to help people. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's funny that it's turned into that, but it's, it's amazing how powerful you can be when you are confident in what you're doing and you're proud of what you're doing and you're determined to see it all the way through. You know, nobody can really take anything from you at the end of the day. Totally. We, we had a, a, on a much smaller scale, we, both me and Chris trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu together. Um, and our gym was in Scotland here, was also told to shut its doors at the start of everything. <clears throat> and our owner, uh, Harris, kind of messaged everyone and said, look, guys, we've only just opened. We just moved to a brand new unit in the February. So it'd only been open about four weeks. And basically, a lot of us kind of got together and said, look, this is our gym. It's not a global gym. It's not a McDojo. It's not part of a big chain. This is our gym. We're going to yeah. keep paying our dues because we want the gym to be here when all this bullshit's finished. And obviously, for the benefit of the tape, this did not happen, but we trained right the way through. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, just, we, just, we just went in and said, you know what? We've got half a dozen of us that are, you know, as sensible as you can get in this world. <laughs> you know, we're going to train. If, if I'm not feeling well for whatever reason, regardless of what it is, you know, if I just feel crap, I'm not going to come in. We're not going to train. But on the whole, we trained right through. None of us caught any illnesses, funnily enough, because we're all fit humans. And yeah. we just fucking trained jujitsu right the way through for the benefit of the FI listening. We didn't. But we that, trained right the way through. That was something that they, they, they didn't want that because once you do that, it's it's very hard to keep buying the the bullshit you know like when we have we were at the height of covid we were having about 850 people walk through our door every day um you know for every day that 850 people walked through and 850 people left and nobody's grandma died and mm -hmm. nobody got sick it just kept blowing holes in their narrative and they you know that's why they didn't want people to congregate because they couldn't sell that lie if they had people rolling around doing jujitsu saying, wait a second, you, you guys told us the plague was here. You know, you yeah. guys told us that we would all be dead. And then what, you know, what the hell's happening here? Nobody's getting sick. You know, we've been here every single day. We've had over 368,000 visits to our facility. And we still, we test ourselves with the antibody tests, the antibody blood tests, just to be sure. We still don't even have the fucking antibodies. We never, never had it. You know what I mean? And it's, it, but that yeah. makes perfect sense outside outside of the crazy last two and a half years or last two years where the world just forgot that people get sick and that's a normal thing. Yep. You know, it, you said it perfectly. We, we followed sensible ideas. If you don't feel good, guess what? In 2019 or any time before that, if you didn't feel good, you woke up, you chugged some DayQuil, you took some medicine. If you felt really bad, you, you called your boss and said, hey, I'm not coming in today. And you didn't rush to the hospital. You didn't get, you, you laid down on the couch, you drank some water and you watched some, some movies for the day. And if you woke up the next day and you felt like crap, maybe you made a doctor's appointment. You know yeah. what I mean? And it wasn't, it wasn't a state of emergency. You didn't go get tested for, for this and that and this and that and stick swabs up your nose and, and have a full blown freak out. You, you just act normal. And if things got worse, then you handled it. And that's, yeah that's exactly the way to handle it all the way through. And, and you know, it, it's everybody who did that is, are the people that thrived through this. They, they kept doing what they were doing, whether it was going to school, going to work, whether it was opening their business, whether it was being with their friends and their family and congregating, or whether it was doing jujitsu and lifting weights. Those are the people that 
their life got better through COVID, even through all the rest of the bullshit, because they didn't they didn't bind the fear and the chaos and all the all the lies that have just consistently been told and are still being told. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you and I'm a, a small business owner as well. And uh, yeah, we did, we never shut. We nobody came and bothered us, like you know, like like they were bothering you. But yeah, we uh, we you know, I worked every day. I worked every day and trained jujitsu every day, and um, didn't get vaccinated, and I didn't die. And that's uh, it's quite okay. so. One of the things that was you know hilarious was you know quite early on, gyms were allowed to gyms had to shut. Um, but you know, I just I was going down to get fuel uh, just locally. And there's a McDonald's and the drive-thru was open. And they were Wide open. back out onto the road. And I'm just going, oh, this is hilarious. This is so fucking dumb. I can't even, you know, it's all these great, you know, it's, it's stereotypical, great big fat people with masks on going, you know, you know stay away from me, man. I, I need to look after my health. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And that's, you know, that's what drove us crazy is, you know, I don't, I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the world by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I'm slightly above average at best. You know, but when Frank and I were, we, you know, we shut down originally because we didn't, we didn't know enough to confidently stay open. So we said, okay, but we had just bought the gym nine months earlier. So there was plenty of work to do and we're coming here, we're working and the gym's empty. And, you know, I'm driving home every day and I'm passing every supermarket and, and big chain store, you know, along the highway and it's shoulder to shoulder. And I, you know, I stop in for my groceries and they got arrows on the floor. Like, yeah. like that's going to, like that was going to say, and it's just, I couldn't look at it for, for much longer than a couple of days. He goes, this, this is stupid. And then, like you said, I'm driving by, they shut down gyms, which are, which are a place to get healthy. Um, they shut down churches, which is a place linked to spiritual and emotional health. Not only do they shut down the churches, but they shut down the activities at the churches, which means like AA and NA and all these things that are really, really important to, to, to substance abuse and stuff like that. And somebody like myself who struggled with that in the past, you know, I, I was I was a kid like that. I was, I was young. I was dumb, you know, and I was I, I was in and out of these places until I learned how to control myself, you know, and these are the, the textbook to get healthy, you know, mentally is you know, to, to go to the gym, get healthy physically and to involve yourself in places with where uh, of like churches or or even other social settings where you're around people and you're thriving. You know, we're 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 not meant to be isolated. Yeah. And everything they did was the exact opposite of what you would do to be healthy. God forbid you go to church, you know, and, and get right spiritually, which is, you know, and, and for me, that's not even my thing. But I think that everybody should have the right to do that. Yeah. You know, I'd rather go to the, the church is my gym. You know, that's, that's church for me. That, yeah. That's, that's where I get right with what I need to get right with, but that's not for everybody, but they left open liquor stores. They left open medical marijuana dispensaries, you know, and again, I, I'm not against drinking. I think everybody should be able to have a drink if they want to. I'm not against smoking, smoke every day, but you're, you're keeping these places open to keep people safe because the reason that they made here in the United States was, well, we don't want to overload the hospitals with, um, with, with people withdrawing from, from alcohol. Mm. That was, that was the reason, you know? So, so it was, okay, well, why'd you keep, um, you, you closed down restaurants, but you allowed takeout from only fast food, big shit chains that don't sell real food. It's highly processed. There's 50, 60 years of conclusive science 
that shows not only is this stuff crappy for you, but it's actually bad for you in a way that it accelerates the rate of disease. It, it manifests a perfect uh, environment in your body where bacteria and viruses will flourish, but that's allowed to be open. You know, and yeah. it, it's, there's only so much hypocrisy we could take before we were like, you know what? We're opening. This is, this is madness. You know, it, it just, it didn't make a, a, a bit of sense. And that was the, the fast food I think was the most insulting of the one, especially when they were praising this idea of health and health and health. And like you said, you got all these overweight people with two masks on yelling at people, you know, to, to stay away from them because they're putting their life in danger. And that yeah. right there, is the best example of what this was. It was, it, 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 it gave people who have nothing power because yeah, all of a yeah. sudden they had authority over you, you know, in, in 2019 or anytime before, if somebody came up to me in the middle of a store and told me to put a mask on my face, I'd, I'd punch them in theirs. You know, it's like you, the, the audacity that these people have gained from this, where they, they, they now feel entitled to tell you how to live your life because they aren't in control of their life and because they're weak and because they're vulnerable and because they're mediocre at best, you have to come down to their level and you have to exist at their level because whatever you're doing is a perceived threat to them. You guys going out and going to jujitsu and being healthy. They didn't want you doing that. They wanted to take your personal choice away from it because they were in danger because they had comorbidities. They have four or five six different things wrong with them because they don't take the time to go do jujitsu or something else and keep themselves healthy. And it was the, it was hypocrisy at the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. We used to get asked. I know I got asked a lot because I was still working for a, I work for a, a, built, a mutual organization. Um, so I was in work the whole time and it kind of became a little bit of an open secret that I was still training jujitsu right the way through. And I, and I used to get asked all the time, are you not worried about catching COVID? And I'd say, no, I'm more worried about getting someone sweating my eyes in the middle of a roll or, you know, or, or staff or catching something off the mat in my eye. That yeah. was way higher up on my list of concerns than <laughs> catching, uh, you know, than COVID. It just, it was so far, but for, like you were saying, Ian, for them, they had bought into the narrative of if you catch COVID, you end up in hospital, you end up dead. And I, you know, I know people that were like cleaning their, their produce that were buying from the supermarket, wiping it down with bleach and leaving yep. it for 72 hours before opening it. And I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, are you doing that? And I was like, no, nah, I'm literally like ripping it open with my teeth as I'm drinking. I, you know, it just, people got so bought into the fear so quickly. And like I said, they didn't like people that weren't following that narrative. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, but you're going to die. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to get Chris a sweat mine. It's going to be fucking gross. Yeah, it was. But <laughs> it's not good. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it, and the, and the well, it's, this, it's this culture of weakness that they're, that, you know, this has been coming for a long time. This, this weakening of, of Western society, especially, but of modern society where, you know, the only thing government ever does is provide you for an avenue to be lazier, stupider, or weaker. You know, there, there's there's not much that the government comes and, and does in our lives that pushes people upward. You know, um, you know, I'm not sure about the policies you guys have, but I'm sure they're pretty similar. You know, in America, we have this this idea of inclusiveness where everybody has to be accepted mm -hmm. and you have to you know, you have to get along with everybody in terms of their ideology. And if you disagree with it whatsoever, you know, you're a bigot, you're a racist, and you're this and you're that. And it's 
it's it's gradually pushed people to be very very just agreeable and they're willing to go along with anything and and there's nothing more that a government loves than people who are very easy to control and people who are not self-reliant and self-sufficient you know and, and uh, in order to be free right to, in order to, to to be a free person you have to have the ability to tell somebody to fuck off because you have you have everything that you need to keep yourself, you know, operating. You can, you can provide for yourself financially, you know, you can provide for yourself in terms of food, you know, you can provide for your own health and all of the things that they did during COVID undermined all of that. You know, they sold people this lie that they needed, they needed the vaccine. They, you, you needed it. Like, like I, whether you believe in God or whether you believe in evolution or some combination of the two, as a human being, if you treat your body with respect and you give it the, 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 the simple things that it needs, good food, rest, exercise, sunlight, fresh air, et cetera, your body is the most advanced and beautiful biological machine ever created. Like we're, we're designed perfectly um, and, and we're able to overcome so much. We can overcome sickness, disease, injury, you name it. We, we can do incredible things and they've sold this lie that everybody's so fragile, you know, and you, Oh God, the world's such a dangerous place. You know, there's this, there's this thing in the air in, in indoor spaces. And, and, you know, if, if you breathe it in, you know, you're dead. And it's like, yeah. that's not, that's, that's so far from the truth. First of all, even with the numbers that they put out, but they, they did that also, you know, financially, you know, they subsidize everybody's income here. Here, have some money to stay home for free. Have some money to stay home for free. You know, and then people, a, a, a huge number of people said, why, why would I go to work? You know, yeah. all they have to do is pretend to be afraid, you yeah. know, and they get hooked on that government money. You know, we've seen that here in the United States over the past 30, 40 years. We've developed more and more and more of a welfare state we, where we have a bigger por portion of our population every day who relies on some sort of subsidy from the government because they're unable to get out there and do it for themselves. You know, and COVID was just the nail in the coffin of, of making people weak. Um, and the people that the people that didn't buy it are the people who wanted to be rugged individuals, the people that wanted to be able to control their own space, control their own lives. Um, and again, these are the people that flourished through it are the people that said, nah, I'm going to go train jujitsu every day because I care about my, my, my physical condition. I care about my, my ability um, to, to defend myself if I ever needed to, I need to keep my stress levels low. And when I go there, I have a good time and I'm, you know, and the, the, the winners and the losers were very clear here. The losers were the people that said, take care of me, please keep me safe government. Uh, and the winners were the people who said, no, thanks. Uh, we'll get yelled at, we'll get berated, you know, people hate on us, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep doing my thing every single day. Um, and look, look at the K curve between the, those two groups of people, you know, the people that really bought into the COVID narrative hundred percent, where are they? Most of them are still scared in their homes. You know, most of them have complications from taking a vaccine. Most of them uh, lost a job or quit a job that they had because they thought government was going to take care of them. Uh, most of them voted for somebody like Joe Biden, who has done absolutely nothing in this country uh, except derail us from going in a good direction. And the people who didn't buy it are the people, you know, who flourished. You know, our, our business did better and we don't even yeah. charge members. You know, that was that was the incredible thing is our business got busier, bigger, and we were able to pay for lawyers as well as stay in business. And we haven't charged a single member in two years. You know, yeah. so it's all about it, it's it separated the weak from the strong in every sense of the word. 
it's um it's funny when you talk about you know people you know like Ali was saying you know people talking about you're not scared of this and and I remember telling somebody like I've literally signed up for mountain races uh like mountain marathons but there's a waiver that you have to sign that says there is a risk of serious injury or death and you're like cool that sounds like fun yeah <laughs> you don't regularly swim in cold locks and it's like yeah I'm not I'm not all that worried about this shit I'm gonna uh you know, I want to deadlift. I want to do some jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Go going to climb hills and get in some cold water. Like a fucking yeah. man. <laughs> no, it, it's, it, but it's true. You know, the, the people who didn't buy it are those people who who fundamentally understand that their life is in their hands. Yeah. Um, and and there are people who are typically more adventurous, people who are way more independent, uh, people who have probably been through a little bit more in their lives. You know, they, they may have overcome some struggles in the past that have made them strong like that. And they all think the same thing, which is exactly what you said, where we're like, oh, it's afraid of COVID now. You know, like what I'm afraid of is uh, dying before I check everything off on my fucking bucket list. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. those those are my fears. My fears aren't, you know, if I if I go out with a with a cold, you know, then, then so be it, you know, but I highly doubt that a cold is going to be the thing that takes my ass out of it. It'll probably be my own doing, doing something stupid, exactly. um, you yeah. know, and I'd, I'd much rather have it that way. But could you imagine, could you imagine, you know, getting get to the end and, uh, you know, being lying on a hospital bed going, you know, at least I didn't get COVID. So that's the most important thing. <laughs> Fuck you. I want to see how much I can bet left. I want to see if I can get a black belt. I want to see how high, you know, I've, in my head, I would like to climb Mount Everest. I would like to fucking swim. You know, just imagine getting to the end and going, yeah, well, you know, I didn't do any of that stuff, but, you know. At least I didn't get COVID. <laughs> I didn't get COVID. That's good. Like, fuck you. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's perfectly said. It's perfectly said. You know, it's, it's, it's two different types of people, and COVID really kind of exposed you, I, I guess the strong from the weak or, or the boring from the from the interesting. I don't, however you want to phrase it, but yeah, I mean that's I'm going to I'm going to guess, Ian, that you're a little bit like me, where the harder somebody tries to push you into saying you must do this, the harder you go. Fuck <laughs> you. The harder the more people have told me that I must get vaccinated and that I must not do this and that I must not do it, the harder I went. No, I don't. I do not have to do anything that you tell me to do. I'm going to do this. I've done everything sensibly. And, the, uh, you know, the harder somebody pushes, the more you go, why are you making this so difficult? Why do you, you know, it's, it's like, you know, and the harder I've pushed back myself, just went, no, no. And now I'm not doing anything. And I'm told, fuck them. You know, that was, that was us from the beginning. You know, and that was even me at, at an early age. That was us from the beginning. You know, we, when we opened, we took two months to reopen. We, we decided we were going to reopen on like day four of the shutdown, but we didn't open until two months later, you know, to the day that we were shut down because, you know, again, we still didn't know everything there was to know. And at that we thought COVID was a lot more dangerous and we researched and learned everything we possibly could about COVID. And we were trying to understand the politics and, and where the money was coming from and where it was going and who was involved, you know, but when we reopened, we pitched it to the world as here's our plan. Our plan is way better than the government's plan. The government says you can't go in any of these places, but if you go into a retail store, like a big box, all you have to do is wipe your cart down with a Lysol wipe and follow the arrows on the floor and wear a face covering and everything's okay. And we said, all right, well, we got a, we got a hell of a better plan here. 
we're going to give each member their own spray bottle. Uh, and we're going to put paper towels all over the facility and people are going to spray stuff not only before they use it, but after they use it. You know, we're going to check people's temperature at the door. You know, we're going to ask them to fill out a voluntary questionnaire that that says, hey, I haven't been in contact and I do feel well. Um, we're going to put a voluntary contact tracing system in place. We're going to upgrade our filters uh, in our HVAC system. We're going to bring in, um, we brought in eight filters that that basically take moisture from the air, run it through this uh, this little combine, and it spits out OH molecules, which is peroxide. Peroxide is an efficient cleaner. It was cleaning the air, and it cleans the surfaces. We had them running around the clock, circulating 33,000 cubic square feet of air every hour in the gym. We took all these things, and we said, look, we're just two guys who run a gym, you know, but here is here's this huge program that anybody can do any store any school any church any gym whatever anybody can take this program let's all do this and then we can get back to life and we thought who would say no to such a thing you know the government would go we thought you know or at least in theory the government would go hey you know thanks for helping us out with that problem you know let's get this out there and they pushed back right away and and to us that was like okay well you're gonna push me i'm gonna push you back you know because you're going to tell me that my program that I just spent eight weeks on isn't as good as the one that you guys have, but COVID's still spreading. People are still getting sick, this and that. All, all these numbers are going up. Things are still getting worse. You guys said you got under control. All right, well, we'll we're opening our doors and we'll see who's right. And then they just kept coming. And every, every interaction with them, they escalated it and they tried harder to shut us down and harder and harder. It started out with a couple citations. Uh, and then people were getting arrested and then they were messing with our plumbing. They were messing with our utilities. They, they put a health department shut down and a judge got involved. He put a court order on us. And every time they tried, we, we were just more sure about what we were doing, you know, because it was like, well, why are you trying to stop us so bad? You know, again, again, the, that, those numbers were climbing 500 people, a thousand people, 2000 people, 5000 people walk through our door, 10,000 people walk through our door. And as that number climbed, they tried harder to shut us down. Yeah. And that was to us. That was well, now we're definitely staying open. Yeah. You know, we, we, we tried to approach you with some with some reasoning and some logic and you guys don't want to hear it. Um and you're, but you're not, you're not providing any solutions. So, so fuck you. We're open. We're going to stay open. And there's nothing that you can ever do to shut us down. And, and they, they ran it as far as they could until they finally gave up. You know, like <laughs> there were, there were instances. And I know we got to wrap in a minute. Um, there were instances where, you know, we had people on the inside, um, you know, in the New Jersey government who worked, you know, in, in the police and this and that. And there was a young woman who came in one day and she said, I work, in Governor Murphy's office, and Governor Murphy is the you know the, the governor of our state. He was the uh, the head honcho in charge. Um, she's like, I'm I'm one of Governor Murphy's staffers. She's like, I don't want to tell you my name, but I want to tell you that when you guys kick the doors down, um, you know, she's like, when when you kick the doors down, she said there was crashing and banging in his office, and it was just like <laughs> to us, that was that was so satisfied. <laughs> there was so much satisfaction in that, you know, to know that this guy was so obsessed with this idea of shutting us down yeah. that he was, he was losing his mind, you know, yeah. in the Capitol. He was, he was slamming shit around in his office because we just stayed true to the same mission. And it was, you are not going to tell us what to do. And no matter what you bring at us, no matter what punishment you bring, we will keep opening these doors until you get the point 
that there is no backing down for us. So, yeah. well, um, now I know I know you have to run, uh, Ian. I know you've got no no time, but um, I just want to finish on um, you running for 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 Congress. Um, now, are you are you going in here with the idea of you're actually trying to win, or are you going in with the the attitude of you're you're trying to put the cat amongst the pigeons? Um, so I am trying to win. Absolutely. But what I'm trying to do in the process is change the culture. You know, we have, we have, we have a major issue here in America and I I can speak on American politics, but I know it involves uh, other countries as well. But here in America, we have a major cultural issue in politics. And that is the idea of the career politician. Mm -hmm. You know, these, um, you keep getting the same results, whether you get the guy in from the left, you get the guy in from the right, in some way we keep heading in the wrong direction and, and the middle class uh, and, and the lower classes socioeconomically always pay for it. And we're always, it, our situations never improve it. You know, here in America, our taxes keep going up. Uh, it's tighter and tighter regulation. You know, our rights get pushed on, pushed on, pushed on, you know, our gun rights, our free speech rights or this or that. It's just, it, it, it doesn't get any better. So the problem is, is these people are beholden not to the people that they that they're elected by, but they're beholden to the people that keep them getting reelected, and that's that that you know they're they're a cog in the machine of like that corporate democracy that we have now, where there's all this big money coming in. So it's impossible if you approach politics as a career, you're always going to have your sights set on you know the next election and the next this and the next that. When in reality is. Politics is supposed to be a service. You know, it's supposed to be a service to, to your community. That's why it's called a public service, you know, a public servant. Um, it's not supposed to be something that you accumulate a lot of wealth doing. It's not supposed to be something that turns into a career. And it's not supposed to be something that catapults you into the upper echelons of society. Just like when you serve in the military or just like, you know, when you serve in any other sort of public setting, you do your time you, and you get out. And then, then you get on with your life and you can do all those things. There's nothing wrong with accumulating wealth uh, and, and aiming to be powerful and influential, but you need to separate that from politics because mm-hmm. you can't do a good job if you're always beholden to what's in front of you instead of what you need to be dealing with in the moment. Half of these politicians are not focusing on the, the, the issues that are right in front of them because they're always projecting forward to this next election that they have to watch their wording or they can't support a bill or, you know, they have political favors that they owe or donors that they don't want to upset, you know, by voting a certain way. So my goal is to get in there and be as disruptive to the current status quo as possible. I think that if you put people into politics, people who just want to serve, you know, one term, two terms, three terms, whatever it is, a decade worth of service, and then want to get on with their lives. You know, I use the example of my neighbor. You know, I, I live in a small town in New Jersey, and my, my neighbor used to be the mayor. You know, and when he was okay. done, when he was done, he didn't seek to be the county commissioner or the a state senator or the governor or a congressman. He went back to working on cars in his auto garage. Mm. You know, and, and that was that was because he just wanted to ensure that the community that he he loves and is a part of was moving forward in the right direction into the future and that he was passing along a community to his children that was going to be better than, than, than he found it, you know? And I think we need to start getting ordinary citizens into office. And I believe that I'm in a position 
uh, a very unique position to mount a federal level campaign uh, as an ordinary citizen who doesn't need the approval of the establishment politicians on the left or the right. You know, like I'm running as a Republican, um, but the GOP doesn't like me, you know, because I'm not going to vote with them on every issue. You know, I'm not. I'm going to vote. I'm, I'm going to vote how the people who put me in office want me to vote, not the party. I owe something only to my constituents in my area and, and to nobody else, you know, and they want somebody who's going to be beholden to the party line, you know, and so it's just, it's a backwards system. And the only way that we're going to fix it is by getting these people out and getting good people in, but there's a problem and that's a twofold problem. Ordinary citizens don't get involved for two reasons. It's very difficult because without that nod of the establishment, you don't get the money, you don't get the support. And it's very hard for the average person to get enough uh, momentum to, to even be considered, you know, as a candidate, mm. you know, so I don't have to worry about that, thankfully, because I, I have enough social firepower myself yeah. that, you know, they say, hey, we want you to do this, we want you to do that. And I can tell you, piss off, I'm not doing it, you know, because I don't need you to give me the nod. I don't need you to give me money. Um, but the other thing is that people are looking at it and saying, I don't want to do that job. That job sucks. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and it's let the career politicians handle it because they see politics as this corrupt, shady world that they don't want to get involved with. You know, but the reality is, is that we need to we need to break that mold and we need to start putting people into politics who have a good heart, who don't have ambitions for anything beyond it. And, um, you know, I've been telling people that for two years. I've been telling, I've, I've spoken all around the country. I've traveled to like 14, 15 states, uh, spoke in front of tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people um, all together. And, and I've, I've been telling people the way out of the BS that we're in right now is the same way we got into it. And that's step by step, inch by inch. You know, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to this idea that like, you're going to elect somebody and they're just going to come and save at, you know, everybody had this idea that Donald Trump was, was just fixing everything. And the man did, the man did a phenomenal job with a lot of things, but when it comes down to it, he's only one man, you know, he, whether he's the president or the prime minister or the most powerful man in the country, the reality is it's still only one person. And if you want to change a community for the better, it starts at the ground floor and it starts with each one of us controlling our own lives in the way that we just we all just talked about where we're in control of our lives yeah. and then you, you you do the same thing with your family and the same thing with your community and then the same thing with your country you know so i've advocated for people to get involved and get involved and get involved uh and one day it hit me that i was being a hypocrite because i wasn't getting involved when i could <laughs> and that i had to just step up and do it and it's honestly it's it's honestly not something that i i really want to do it's something that i i feel like i have to do because I need to set a trend moving forward that people say, all right, I'm going to step up and I'm going to do this job. I'm going to, you know, it's pain in the ass and I'm going to have to put my own stuff on hold for a little while, but I'm going to run for school board in my town or I'm going to run for the council in my town, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to put in extra work over the next couple of years, you know, running that and doing a, doing work on the side. And then when I'm done, I'll pass it off, you know, so well, that's the goal overall. But also I just want to see these people squirm a little bit. Yeah, I don't think they know how to deal with the average person, you know, they, they play the game. They play the same game that like judges and lawyers and prosecutors play where they like, you know, they, they, they fight and they bicker and they, they, they look like they're at war, but like at the end of the day, they all go have steak with all the money that they just made off of all of us. 
politicians do the same thing. But if you put yeah. normal people in front of them, they start to squirm because they don't know how to act because you're playing a different game. Um, yeah. So I, I can't deny part part of me running is just to see these people squirm a little bit. Well, um, <laughs> Ian, from the uh, from the average man in the street, thank you. And yep. uh, you know you're the hero that we all need. And um, yeah, we wish you the best, man. Uh, you know we wish you the best. Hopefully at some point, hopefully at some point in the future, we'll be able to say, remember when we spoke. You know the guy who's the president now. <laughs> yeah, we spoke to him ages ago. He is an old friend. <laughs> Um, well, thank you very much, guys. Um, we, yeah, we know you have to run, so um, thank you very much for your time. And uh, like I say, good luck with everything, and uh, we hope it goes well. All righty, have oh, a good thanks. one. You too, Ian. Thanks very much. So, episode 77 of the Silly Goose Gang with Ian Smith, we'll call it done and dusted. Thanks, my man. The Silly Goose Gang Podcast.